How you doing? So nice out. You know, I, yesterday was like, it, it was just like teasing us, wasn't it? It's like February, but felt like April. And it was just so nice to see all this amazing good weather and all that. So we're delighted that you have come on a Sunday morning. And uh, whether you're here live or those of you online, hi, you guys. We welcome you so very much. It's fun to be together. I always look forward to it. I, uh, I hope you know that it is the Super Bowl uh, today. How many of you didn't even realize that? Just We're going to pray for you later and uh, ask God to help you and come close. But I love the Super Bowl. I, I like it because I eat junk food. You know, that's the best part of it. And so I'm really looking forward to that today. And who's going to win? <laughs> oh, my. Here we go. Here we go. We got the rivalry. How many of you say Eagles? Yeah, quite a few. Chiefs. Oh, I think that wins. I don't know. We'll see what happens in reality. Um, we'll see what happens. In re- I'm in a real dilemma because, you know, two of my sisters and my mom live in Missouri, and they are big-time Chiefs fans. And um, so I'm obviously a big Bronco fan. Are they going to the Super Bowl? Oh, <laughs> Next year. Next year, <laughs> maybe in the next decade. Um, anyway, so you know, I'm always it's, it's it's hard for me to cheer for the Chiefs because there's there's such a rivalry between the Broncos and the Chiefs, and so. But I, I've decided to save you know my family. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be with them cheering for the Chiefs today. So, um, but I I think the Eagles might if if Mahomes does his magic, they have a chance, but. If he doesn't, the Eagles are in there. All right. Well, thanks for coming today. And uh, <laughs> I'm glad we got all that out. And in our spirit, man, we say, who cares? Uh, we're going to talk about, though, uh, the winning team. And it, and it does matter. Not the Chiefs and not the Eagles. But this story in Mark 2, as we've been going through verse by verse, this story is about a winning team more than it is about a man being healed. And I think it's important for us to, to think about this and deal with it in terms of our life and our lifestyle and who we have in our life around us, who we're choosing to do life with. It's easy to be alone in my relationship with God, and that's okay. I can be alone with God. But God's word over and over calls people together. It's why you're here today. And, and it's why we have church. There are many people in our culture today that have given up on, on coming to church. We're, we're in a growth mode right now, which is just crazy. It's against all odds around the nation. People have stopped coming to church. So I feel very fortunate. I feel thankful to you for keeping that as a goal and a value to gather See, when you, when you do church at home, no offense to those online, because hopefully you'll, we'll get you back in here. Online is awesome, though, by the way, and we have a lot of people who watch online, and a lot of people, it's their only choice. I got a text last night from someone who watches from Grand Junction on their iPad, you know, camping out. It's like, that's kind of weird, but uh, enjoy the fire, you know. Uh, but I think you can't, you can't do what we've been doing so far this morning where you sing praises to God together. 
The Bible says don't forsake assembling yourselves together. And through that comes relationships. Some of you are in a small group. Some of you have friendships that have developed and you have served together. You can't serve when you just do church alone by yourself. As a matter of fact, we always, we always meet together before our service times in the Sunday morning at 8 o'clock and then last night at 4.30. And that room, that conference room, just fills up with people, those serving on our worship team, uh, sound, cameras, media booth, people, people running lights. There's, there's a lot of people who are serving today. And I want to just say, those of you who were, were greeting today, those of you who are ushers today, those of you who have taken the time to, to spend some time back at guest services, to hang out at a table, to you're serving your local church. You're allowing people to feel that togetherness. And that is a powerful tool and it's why, it's one of the reasons why we, could we just thank the people at Timberline Church who serve us so well? They are amazing people. A lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Our tradition service just across the hall. Love you guys. Thank you. A winning team. It goes way beyond a Super Bowl weekend. How many of you have ever done a team sport of some kind? I, I have as well. Most of us have. And boy, it's, it's tough when someone doesn't do their part. It's tough when you don't do your part or you fail. Uh, you miss something you should have had and you go and you feel like you've let the whole team down. But boy, when you step up and make it happen, you sure feel good. Now, I have a few points in this outline that I want you to follow along. And the first one is just, I've just said a full house. There's a full house, and let me tell you why it's a full house, meaning a lot of people. Remember last weekend, Jesus was traveling, he was walking, and he was, he was healing people everywhere he went. Demon-possessed people, demons were coming out. Um, people were being healed of illnesses and sicknesses, and it got the attention of many, like thousands and word is out, Jesus heals people. So it's not surprising that all these people are following him. So when he gets back home, well, let me just read it. This is chapter 2, verse 1. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, meaning after all the stuff we talked about last week, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors <laughs> that there was no more room, even outside the door. In other words, this was a, a place that just was crammed with people. Everyone was coming in. Is, is he going to teach? Is he going to heal more people? And I, I started thinking about this. How many churches do we have that are crammed full? How many houses are crammed full because Jesus is there? Is our culture losing its ability to have a starvation, a craving for God? And I think if people could get the real sense of who Jesus is, they're more likely to show up, don't you? But in our culture, there are so many things that have become religious that it's hard to see the real Jesus. And that's why I commend you today for taking the time to press through that and keep your eyes on him and not just people 
Have you ever had your eyes on someone who failed and you kind of went, whoa, what's that about? I, I thought they had it together. That's why we're instructed to keep our eyes on Jesus. And yeah, we try. We're all trying to live holy lives. I hope you are. But perfection will not come to us on this side of heaven. And so that's why the house was full. This was the real Jesus. It wasn't someone else. And they knew that this guy was special. Many already believed he was the son of God. This culture that Jesus lived in was super hyper-religious. They had many religious groups. I could go on and on and on about it. But nothing like Jesus and so when he taught with authority, as we looked at, when he healed people, people recognized there was real power in the room. Number two, I want you to meet the team today. I want you to meet the team. These are special guys in the story, and they step out of nowhere. We don't know anything about them. Let me, let me read it. While Jesus was preaching God's word to them, this is in the full house, four men, Carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They showed up. There's the team. Four men. I want you to notice that we don't even know their names. The nameless four men. The mat carriers. That's the team. I want to talk about their journey so far. Because something that really hit me in this story is this. There's always a story before the story. Right? You, you following me? So, so think about it. How did this come about? We see them when they arrive and the Bible says, four guys carrying a paralyzed man. That's all we get. But somewhere back there, wherever back there is, there's a story. And there's a team. Someone knew this man. Four guys knew this man. I don't think they just were walking along the road and saw a paralyzed man and said, oh, we need to take him to Jesus. I don't know how he was paralyzed. We, it's, it's hard when you, when you have narrative like this in Scripture you know, my imagination is very good at going and finding things that feel like facts that are not facts at all. But I, I can picture maybe these guys did stuff together and while they were doing something together, this man got paralyzed and they've been trying to work together and stay friends and help him. I don't know. Maybe he just became their friend after he was paralyzed. But somebody said... We need to take you to where Jesus is because we hear he heals people. Hey, how would you like to be healed? Yeah, I would like that. Okay, let's take you to Jesus. How are we going to get him there? Well, we could build a mat. Now, in this day and age, there wasn't a place you go to to buy the mat materials. You ever make a material list? You run to the store and you look for everything on it. They, they didn't have stores like that, so they had to, who knows, I don't know how they did it. I think there's rope involved, probably some, some type of, of sheeting, wood probably, I don't know, but they built a mat. 
I think sometimes God wants us to see a story like this and just stop long enough to ask a question like, am I building a mat for anybody in my life? Am I finding a way to to get them to where Jesus is? Because without you, they might not ever see Jesus. Think about that. Without these four men, he doesn't have a chance. It takes somebody to do the work to get this man to where Jesus is. And they built a mat. And then think about what they had to do. Have you, ever, have you ever tried to carry somebody? It's not easy. I mean, I've got a few grandkids that as they get older and they want me to hold them, I'm like, forget it. I'll hold you for a minute, but you're too heavy. Let's go sit on the couch. But you think of carrying someone who can't help you. At least a kid can squeeze their legs around you or put their arms around your neck. But you think of someone who's paralyzed and that that weight is just there and it's awkward. That's why they had to build a mat. And they wanted to obviously protect the man. It's a lot that goes on in the story before the story. They worked really hard. I don't know. I've been over there in that side of the world. Some of you have as well. And We usually try to pick the best times to go when it's not 185 degrees. (laughs) No, it's not. It's never that hot. But it can get really hot there. It's very desert-like. I don't know. They were sweating and working and trying to get this guy to Jesus. But they had relationship with him. That's why they did it. They were creative. They gave time. And they also sacrificed. It's convicting to me. Who am I sacrificing for? They had genuine care and hope for this guy. That's why they wanted to bring him to Jesus. They heard the news that Jesus was healing people. And that's the story in the story. Okay, let's move on. I better go. Number three. Here's their mentality. Never give up. Never give up. Some of you are like that. I, I... I see, I see different traits. People are all different, aren't they? And some have this tenacity to never give up. If you, have, if you have more than one child in your life, you'll see some are very motivated. Some might not be motivated at all. I was a youth pastor for eight years before I came to this job. And let me tell you, I used to take our kids hiking because everybody likes hiking. <laughs> at least I sure did. And I thought this would be the funnest thing ever. I remember one time... Bear Lake, just outside of Denver. Anybody ever hiked it? It's not an easy hike. And uh, I don't know why I didn't think this through. I took 85 kids hiking. This is, a, this is a train. And I didn't know that many people would come. And we had these interns from California with us, and they wore flip-flops. And I'm, when they showed up, I'm like, where's your shoes? And they go, oh, this will be fine. I'm like, have you ever gone hiking before? No, but I've walked on the beach a lot. I can tell. We're going to have fun with you today. And boy, you get, you get going and you're, you're like literally 30 minutes in like on a six-hour hike. And you got people sitting down on a log saying, I just can't go any farther. It was a nightmare. These guys had this attitude that says never give up. When they came to the house, look at verse 4. 
They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of who? The crowd. We'll get to that in a minute. So they said to the man, we're so sorry. We're going to have to go back home and come another day. Well, they dug a hole through the roof above his head, above Jesus' head. They lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. <laughs> I love this story. Some of you have read this before, but I mean, just let your mind go there a little bit. They get there, and there's, there's so many people there. They're outside. They can't even get close to the house. And I, can, I don't know who said, I wish we had their names. But one of those guys said, let's go on the roof. The roof, are you crazy? A lot of roofs still to this day, some of the homes there have these grass-type tile roofs, and you can, you can kind of peel them back. And they said, let's take him up on the roof. I mean, just the journey to do that. Hold him, hold him, help him. Oh, he's falling. Get him up on the roof. What was that like? That's a story before the story. They got him on the roof. And I don't know if he wanted to go or not. We don't see his comments in the story. He might have been saying, guys, it's okay, really. I don't trust you putting me up on that roof. And another guy says, you just wait. We're lowering you down inside the house. And they get up there, and Jesus is teaching, and everything's nice. We'll learn in a minute. You'll see t teachers of the law. There were probably, you know, some Pharisees, Sadducees. There were some groups of intellectuals listening to Jesus, judging, critiquing him to see if this was going to be okay. And they're sitting there, and Jesus is teaching with authority, and they hear, clump, 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 clump. Everybody's looking up going, what is going on? All of a sudden, dirt and stuff starts falling in front of Jesus. I mean, they found where he was teaching. They could hear him through the roof. So someone's walking on the roof going, he's teaching right here. Let's dig a hole right here. This will be right in front of him. Shh, they start digging. It's noisy. Can you imagine? Dirt starts flying. <laughs> here, here comes this guy. They had to have some ropes or something, and they're lowering him down. I would be so embarrassed if I was this man. I mean, maybe he's coming down saying, I'm so sorry, you guys. I'm paralyzed. I can't do anything about this. They, they are forcing me inside. They, they want to get me in front of Jesus. Never give up. They did what they had to do to get this man to where Jesus was. Mom, keep praying for your boy. Parents, keep on believing for those kids. Grandmas and grandpas, don't give up. They might be paralyzed. They might be in a mess. They might have made horrible life decisions. But you never give up. you got to get them to Jesus. That's why we do what we do. It's why we pray for others. It's why we agree together in the name of Jesus. And you're going to see in a minute how big of a difference this made in this man's life. He's coming down. He's coming down. Why did they do it this way? Because the crowd was in the way. May I just suggest, the crowd is still in the way in our world today for people to really see Jesus. 
one of the number one reasons if you read about church stats, which I'm sure you do every night. <laughs> the top two, and they, they fluctuate. You want to guess what they are? Why people no longer go to church? How many of you think, because they, all they want is money, is one of them? It's in there. It's always in there. And we do want your money for good reasons. We, we want you to be stewards. We don't want your money for, for us personally, but we, we like to make a difference around the world. Amen? Yeah. It's good. Um, but there's too many hypocrites like me and you. and Just look around a little bit. How many of you know there's some hypocrites in the room? Don't look too long. <laughs> I'm trying to get that hypocrisy out of my life, but I know there's stuff in me that needs to be cleaned out. The crowd. People can't see Jesus because the crowd is in the way. They're looking at the wrong stuff. But they found a way to get into Jesus. In what ways might I be blocking a clear view of God? Think about it. Could just be an attitude. Could just be, I'm just too rash. I'm just not kind enough. I'm, you know, who knows what it is? But just ask the question. I've been asking that of myself. I, I, would, I, would, I would say, ask yourself. Don't ask too many other people how you block the view of God. Because they might tell you. They found a way. They got creative. They developed a plan and they figured it out. That's what teams do. That's what small groups do. That's why we like to be together with others besides just ourselves. Why? Because we need each other. This story wouldn't be in the Bible if it wasn't for these four guys. They made the difference. Number four, your faith impacts others. Your faith impacts others. Now this is tricky, and you theologians out there, please feel free to email me on this one. I'm serious. I'd love, I'd love your thoughts on it, because it's really interesting what's about to happen. Verse five, seeing their faith, okay, who's the there? Who? The four men. And maybe the paralyzed man. Maybe he sees the whole team. But I think what he's really seeing is, I don't know, these guys are not in the room still. They're on the roof. Are they like poking their head down, laying down trying to see what's happening, saying, hi, everybody. But it says, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, and they let him down all the way to the floor. You'll see in a minute because he's on the floor when, when God says to get up. And, and Jesus says to the paralyzed man, seeing their faith, your sins are forgiven. What? What does that have to do with anything we're here for? <laughs> I can just hear one of the four saying, hey, that's great, Jesus, but can you heal him? You know why this story is important? It's to remind you and me and all the world that the forgiveness of sin is the greatest miracle of all. 
When you are forgiven, you have eternity with God. Maybe you're stuck in a body that doesn't work. Maybe it doesn't work as well as it used to. Maybe you're going to die from something, but your sins are forgiven. And that means eternity with God. You just can't beat that. Your sins are forgiven when he saw their faith. Maybe he saw the man's faith too, but there's no record of this man saying, please forgive me of my sins. Can I just say it like this? Your faith for someone else gets the attention of God. That's why we pray for others. That's why we, we, we try to believe and we stretch our faith and we say, Keep praying, keep believing. As I said earlier, keep praying for those in your family that need prayer, that need Jesus, that need love. Keep on praying because God just might see your faith. And God shows up in those people's lives. He loves them more than you do. And right now in their life, think of whoever it is that you'd really like to see a life transformation. Right now in their life, I promise you, there's a story going on before the story. They're in the process. You keep praying. Never give up. Let's move on. Number five. Let's look at the rest of the people in the room. Are you a fan or a critic? We we see this story start to unfold with who's in the room. You a fan or a critic? When I watch football later today, I'm going to be both. This year watching the Broncos, I've been mostly a critic. And I'm a pretty positive guy. But some of the teachers of the religious law were there. Oh, boy. A lot of religion in the room. What were they doing? Sitting there. That's what religious people do. They were sitting there. They got the good seats, though. And they thought to themselves, why is he saying... And what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And here's the problem. They did not believe Jesus was God. I'm going to say this, and I hope, it, I hope your heart grabs it for some of you. It might be one person in this room or one person online or one person in traditions, but hear me. There are still people walking around on this earth who just can't believe God for, has forgiven them of their sin. And that's a slap in God's face when you say, well, he just can't forgive me for that. Yes, he can. He's God. You're not. And the Bible is true. And when you ask God for forgiveness, you are forgiven. Accept it. But you don't know what I did, Pastor. You don't know. It doesn't matter. These people didn't believe Jesus was God. Therefore, he didn't have the power to forgive sin. If you don't believe God is forgiving your sin, then you must not believe that Jesus is God. But he is. And that's partly why this is in the story. 
God wants us to see that we are fully forgiven. And that's where Jesus starts. Love that in the story. If you don't believe that Jesus is God, you have a valid point. And you should be upset. But Jesus knew what they were thinking, and so he continues the story. Verse number six in your outline, give God a chance. Now, we go to verse eight where the miracle happens. Now, this is the story we think of in Mark two, but remember, there's a lot of story before this story. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, and so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? It got really quiet in the room, and the religious law people are thinking, is he gonna say that to this guy? Are we about to see a miracle? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. In other words, that's the most important part. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and he said, stand up, pick up your mat, go home. And the man jumped up to his feet. He grabbed his mat and he walked out through the stunned onlookers. Wow. And they're just going, What just happened? And the four guys on the roof are high-fiving. I don't even think they put the roof back like they should have. (laughs) Maybe they did. Maybe the paralyzed man jumped up on the roof and helped them. I have my own version of these stories. Can you imagine this? You guys, what you've seen today is a team. You've seen a team that got the attention of the Lord. And his power was released because he saw their faith. I want God to look at our team. I want God to see our love for our world at Timberline. I want God to see the effort we make to help the poor, the orphans, the widows, the needy. I want God to see that we genuinely care about letting love live in this world. It's not just a slogan. We've got to build some mats, and we've built a lot of them, but we need to keep building them and build some more and build some more. Why? Because not everyone believes yet. And we're a team. Am I willing to give God a chance Last thing, I think that's the last thing, seven. It's a lot of points. A victory. They got the victory. The last part of verse 12 in the story just puts it real simple. It says, (laughs) they were all amazed. Would all include teachers of the law, scribes, Pharisees? Yeah, it would. Even the doubters, even the religious people, what do you do with this? It's a miracle. What do you do with this? They were all amazed and they praised God, saying, we, 
we have never seen anything like this before in our entire lives. Never. Even the religious people were in awe. What are some takeaways from the story? Let's wrap it up by just giving you some practical steps this week. Um, number one, I would say get involved with a team. This could be family, this could be friends, it could be small group, it could be just a few weeks ago, we had, I think, over 400 people walking around up in the mezzanine, signing up, looking and saying, where are we doing this? How can I get involved? Thank you. Thank you. That's why we're doing this. We're trying to facilitate, if you don't have a team, to find one. We care about that. The second one is, be aware of, of other people's needs. Man, when I, when I look at this one, I, I just think immediately of our world. I, me, my. People are consumed with themselves. They have a mirror right here, and they have a mirror right here. They have a mirror right here, and they have a mirror back here in case they turn around. It's all about them. Why don't we change that? Why don't we start seeing you, us, we, them. And lastly, work together or work to get others to Jesus. Build some mats. I, I prayed this week already multiple times, Lord, what mat am I building right now? With my neighbor? With the guy that delivers the trash or picks up the trash? With There's some really sweet... I, I, think, of, I think of the people that serve you in some way from bringing coffee to cleaning the office building where you work from, whatever it is. Are you building a mat for them? I've heard stories of people who leave a little note on their desk for someone who cleans it that says, thank you so much for doing such a good job cleaning this office. That's, that's wonderful. The other day I walked into my office and on my desk were like 10 sticky notes, just pasted all over. Did this happen to you, Mackenzie? Oh, then I'm not so special. I thought it was just me. <laughs> It happened to you too? I think there's a, a sticky bandit in our church who was going all around to offices and it was saying, good job, we love you, you're awesome. There's all these sticky notes. It's just a way to feel loved. I just felt loved. And I don't know who did it. Let's build some mats. Let's pray. Lord. We want to be good map builders. We want to help people who are hurting. God, help us to be the story before the story. Show us how to get involved when it's a mess. Show us how to have faith to believe for those who are paralyzed, maybe not physically, but spiritually, and get them to where you are so that they can see you, so that you can see them. Thank you for this church, these people. Bless and encourage them today. Let them know how loved they are and that they are forgiven. Listen, if, you're, if you know you're not forgiven because you haven't asked God or you haven't believed him for it, right now just say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. I accept it by faith. That is old, it's passed away, and I am a new man, a new woman, a new teenager. I'm trusting you today.
and God has forgiven you because you have faith to ask him. Lord Jesus, do all these things. Remind us of our neighbor. Remind us of those walking right down the sidewalk in front of our house. That you love them and we should love them too. Thank you that this church reaches out. Thank you that every person here has the capacity to be in the story <laughs> before the story. In Jesus' name, amen. Sure love you. Proud of you. Thankful to be in this with you. We are a team. Don't forget that. Let's stick together. Be a big huddle, but we're, we're together. Amen. Think of that when you're watching the game today. And if you're not watching the game today, at least eat some wings. <laughs> let's stand and let's end on, by singing this song together. Now, think of the words. Say them out. You are patient in our stubbornness. You are light in our darkness. You are faithful in the faithless. It's your just to pray with you about anything going on in your life, maybe just to seal the deal. If you've accepted Christ today, uh, you're going through something that you need special prayer for this week, come on up here and let someone pray for you. Otherwise, there's a few tables out there in the mall. If you're new to Timberline, I'd love to meet you. I'll be out at the Welcome Center, but uh, we're really happy you're here. Thanks so much for coming. Let love live. That's what we're about. Say it with me. Let love live. Thanks, guys. Thank you for being Timberline. Have a great weekend.